Saija, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm actually very good. Now. I'm actually good. good. I'm going buying a brand new bottle. It's twenty five dollars because uh, I want to save the environment. It's going to be a yeah. steel <laughs> bottle, so nobody keeps thinking I'm drinking um, bleach. <laughs> yeah, that is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, seemingly we don't we don't get them in in Ireland. We have smaller bottles, but uh, so CJ asked you to come on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Um, because I wanted to do a podcast on basically people who have transgender and you agreed to come on. And when you, when you agreed to come on this evening, you hit me with a massive surprise, which was brilliant. Um, yep. I thought that was brilliant in the sense of, <laughs> uh, you were, you are Samantha's now fiance who was on yep. a few weeks ago, uh, which was yeah. the longest podcast we had. And <laughs> I've spent the last two to three weeks learning as much as I can about the transgender community. Mm-hmm. And my head is fried. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's fried because when I get into something, I get really into it in every possible way I can possibly get into. And uh, I just absorb myself into it. And it's a fascinating, I won't say a fascinating world as if somehow you're aliens because you're not. (laughs) But it is really, it's a world when I got into it. Now, I've been in and I'm gone since again. So I'm already, that's the way my head works. I'm already (laughs) in there and I figured out everything I wanted to know myself. And then I came back out and I'm gone into, into something totally different now again. But either way, that's not what today's podcast is. This podcast is about transgenderism. So (coughs) will you you explain to me yourself then about your life as much as you want, as little as you want, and um, we'll kick this off. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So um, first I'll start out with a disclaimer that I'm not a professional and I'm just giving opinions from my standpoint um because everyone's different you're not a professional transgender is it well i would say i'm senior (laughs) because i've been in transition for six years okay okay. so uh yeah so you were born what were you born were you born male female female you were born female okay and Will you explain to me then, what age were you when you looked at your body or did you look at your body at some stage? And from what I'm researching, so you're going to have to forgive my ignorance. I've literally only spent a couple of weeks doing this. So at any given stage, say, Sean, that's not it. So from what I'm researching, it's basically at a young age when a child looks at themselves and goes, oh, what's going on? What's going on here? This body mm-hmm. is not. And I've three children. I've three children. Um, and you know, did from my memory of my children is they do like children are going around naked and there's nothing much there. And then at some yeah. stage, in and around the three years of age mark, they start to notice themselves. Yeah, they start to notice that they're 
boy and girl, basically, you know, and that's me looking at my children in memory. Um, was there a stage when you looked at yourself and you went, this is not correct? Uh, not when I was little, no. Okay. So I, what, um, when, when was it for you? It was when I was 26. Okay. Yeah. And I'm 31 now. Right. And um, I didn't have uh, words to describe how I was feeling, really. Um, what happened was, is when I was in college, I was into the, um, the gay community going on there um, mm. because I identified as lesbian for a very long time. Right. And uh, in the lesbian community, I was considered a butch. So I was more masculine, but mm. still identified as female. Um, and it wasn't until I actually saw another trans man in person that it just clicked. I was like, this is what I need in my life. Yeah. And at the time I was extremely depressed. It was getting harder and harder to get out of bed and just didn't have any, any, uh, idea why. And then it just completely changed me. I just decided, you know what, this is what I want. And I went for it. Right. So when you say you went for it, did you did you go for hormonal treatment or anything like that? Yeah. 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 And uh, would you can you run me through the process of that? What did you have to go through? How did you go through the stages? You know, I'm assuming you would have had to have gone to a doctor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So first um, I went to. um pretty much the only place in Northern California where you can go for help with um, the trans community, the gay community, everything um, called the Stonewall of Chico. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they set me up with a doctor who was accepting patients for hormone replacement therapy. And um, they just talked me through everything that was going to happen. And do you still want to do this? And I said, absolutely. Mm. So I started the medication right then and there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when you were younger, then going back to your youth, yeah. did you, at what age did you notice that you started to like women, will say, or did you ever like boys? Um, I liked boys when I was younger. I mean, I never really was into having a boyfriend or a girlfriend until I was like eighth grade. So eighth grade, see in Ireland, we don't do grades. What, what age okay. would eighth grade be? Um, like 14 around there. Oh yeah. Okay. So in and around yeah. puberty age as well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, looking back on it now, uh, I dated like one or two boys and I feel like it was just like peer pressure, just this is what you're supposed to do, um, which is what of a, a lot of trans people do experience is like, this is what I'm supposed to do at my age, mm. at this gender that people say that I am, but it's just, you know, it's just not right feeling. Okay. So Did, did you feel, so I suppose you only felt like a man, as you say, later on in life. Yeah. So when you were when you were um, identifying as a lesbian, it that never crossed your mind, did it not? No. Yeah. Because at the time, I knew that trans women 
existed, but mm. I had no idea the other way around existed, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of, which is kind of odd to think about, but I just didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But when you did think about it, it just set more with you. Yeah. Yeah. And since you've transitioned, how do you feel then about yourself? Has, uh, has your anxiety, depression, anything like that lifted? Yeah, I um, have a really interesting story. Okay. So um, when um, female to male transgender people, when they start taking testosterone, mm. um, it actually works very, very quickly. As where estrogen, when you're male to female, works very slowly. Right. So um, I was growing facial hair within the first three months. Okay. Okay. Um, and at that point in time, I worked in retail almost mm. every day. And so a lot of customers would come in and in the beginning didn't know if I was male or female. And um, before I was taking hormones, um, I was doing security in retail. So here's this big buff like woman a security guard and I was not treated very fairly um, when I would greet customers you know they would ignore me not look at me mm. you know be very intimidated and then when I started growing facial hair which in human society facial hair says male no matter what you know yeah, yeah. Um, so I started getting more friendly reactions with people when I started being looked at as male um, even with, you know, um, when men would come into the store, they would basically ignore me when I would say hi or anything like that. And then I started getting, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Like I was part of this club. <laughs> it's a great club. So, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of women say, a lot of women said the men, the man's life. It is. Yeah. Rightly so. <laughs> so sure, yeah you're, you're in the, listen you're in the gang you're in the male gang we can say yep. this. a lot of yep, women I'm... There, a lot of women out there now giving out i can't hear them <laughs> that's right <laughs> but um gang. yeah as far as um uh i'm still female bodied which means i haven't had any surgeries i haven't yeah. had chest surgery or bottom surgery anything like that so um chest surgery i'm assuming that's just like uh a vasectomy is what's the name of it? just is it re remove the breasts is it um it's actually so in the trans community we call it top surgery but what that's it's right. actually called is chest masculinization surgery okay. so um it's not just removal, removal of the breasts. It's actually um, masculizing the chest. So um, I'm very open. So I'll describe everything that <laughs> happens. That's, that's what the so they basically, yeah, basically um, they'll cut the nipples off mm. and then um, take all the breast tissue away. And then they basically form um everything around your pectoral muscles so that you do have shape there and then they'll reposition the nipples on afterwards mm. and and they try to make it as symmetric as possible 
um, with also cutting down the nipple to male size, which is smaller. Yeah. So yeah, that's the the most popular one. And then obviously bottom surgery is um, they'll they'll. Um, I was actually I listened to a book on it. Um, and I've about six books listened to since, but um, the transgender issue was the name of the book. So yeah. I listened to a book, very good book actually, very good book, um, written by a woman in England, a trans woman. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really good book now, really in depth book. Didn't even go into her own story, but about trans women, transgender people, the amount of abuse she gets, the amount of stigmas that you get all that sort of stuff really went into it in a big way very mind opening book if I'm being honest because it reminded me transgender people are more like it, it brought me to the people of the Jewish community and the Holocaust minus the gas all the yeah. stigmatization of that everything that's what I could reflect on it was just it was like all the discrimination bar the actual gas everything other than that so it was a hor- horrific book in its own way, listening to it, because of, you just don't, like, you know, five weeks ago, I didn't even know about transgender people in a sense of it wasn't in my world. And then all of a sudden, I, I submersed myself into it. And I was even getting headaches at one stage, because when I go into something, I go into it really deeply and big. And I was like, going, I was getting massive headaches trying to get into the world of it and trying to figure it all out. And <clears throat> because... You know, there's so much in there in a sense of people and the stigmatization of it and all that sort of stuff. And people just don't understand. Yeah. It's literally don't understand. And I was trying to go, I was trying to understand it. And I won't pretend I do. I, I understand quite a lot more now. Um, I was trying to figure it out. Was it like, you know, was it like lycanthropy where I still can't pronounce that? Where is it a belief in, you know, that, you know, there's some people think they're werewolves once a month and they, they'll go into um, a state of being a werewolf. But it wasn't. I, I couldn't say that that was a fact because it's kind of more permanent. It's like you believe you're a man and that's as simple as it gets. Um, it's not like you're reverting back every couple of weeks and back in again and back out again yeah. and back in. So it's not like like and trophy where they believe they're werewolves and then they go back into their human state. But mm-hmm. how do you find it then being a trans man? Isn't that the correct term? Trans man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fucking delighted to see. That's what research. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what research so, does. Yeah. Uh, how do you? How do you? How do you perceive the world and how do people perceive you as a trans man? So um, I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of trans people who are very, very knowledgeable and just so wise. And um, something that's always stuck with me is one person had said, you know, when you're talking to people about what what it's like to be transgender, a lot of people think, well, just imagine if, you know, you wanted to be a woman. But in reality, it's Imagine if you, Sean, Mm. how you are, you're a man right now, but everyone else in your life and everyone else in society is telling you that you are wrong, that you are actually a female. Mm. 
and that what you're doing is wrong and that, you know, you're pretty much a joke. You need to just start wearing dresses and painting your nails and growing your hair out because that's who you are. And so that's a nightmare, isn't it? Pretty good. Yeah, it's a nightmare in its own way because it mm-hmm. does. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tie it into mental health, but mm-hmm. in a way, it does tie in somewhat to mental health because. All my life, I've been told I'm hyper. I'm, you're too sensitive. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, why are you getting so upset? And it is confusing when you're like, why am I like this? Why am I this way? Why am I reacting explosively? As you'll know, with um, Samantha, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> BP. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Little bits of explosions. Uh-huh. Actually, you know, <coughs> how was Samantha with it? Like, I, 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 obviously, right. So Samantha, um, lesbian, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you, how did that transition in a sense? How did that go when you were saying to, like at one stage you were a lesbian, then at some stage you had to say, listen, I think I'm actually, I don't, I think I'm not going to say this is what you thought, but I'm assuming you went, look, I think I'm more identified with being a man. It sits more comfortably with me. Mm-hmm. How was Samantha with that? She was um, really great. I mean, she encouraged me to do what I want to do. Um, but I know that she was scared. Um, yeah. Yeah. She had a lot of fears, but um, the community helped um you know, just say that those fears are normal, that you know, basically for her, it also became an identity crisis because for her, it's like, I love this person and I identify as a lesbian now, but if they're transgender and going to be a man, then what does that make me? Yeah, Yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah. And for her, she identified as lesbian way early on in her childhood. So, um, to have people now be like, well, you're not a lesbian because you're obviously with a man was really hard. <laughs> okay, you see, that's it. It's kind of when you're identifying as something and then it's altered, isn't it, really? It's kind of like, well, you're not here, you're neither here nor there. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that would kind of impact on the whole lesbian. See, this is my theory about not holding on to anything in life. Is that when you don't hold on to anything, it's easy to let go of stuff. And if it's easy to <laughs> let go of stuff, well, then you just move on with it. Like, um, that way, then you don't get caught up in the whole kind of scenario of she's a lesbian one day, but then she is she heterosexual, heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> you could always yeah. throw it in as an argument. Go away, you. You're letting on your lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so your parents, how did they take it? Well, my dad passed away before I was trans. Um, right. And me but... make jokes about him only there last two, three, four weeks ago. About Yeah. She she couldn't at any stage just throw in the fact that he had passed on, no. And I was yeah. great jokes. Um <laughs> they were brilliant jokes. Um yeah. 
couldn't have just said at any given stage, by the way, um, CJ's dad just passed on. She- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she's shy. In the uh, beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she's not, yeah, she's shy. Okay, she's stubborn. She's not shy. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if your father passed on. Um, yeah, but I would imagine he'd be very proud of me, just because um, he always wanted a son, and um, I do have a younger brother. But when he passed away, he was only seven, so there was no like, let's go hunting and fishing and that sort of male bonding time. Um, and then with my mom, um, you know, my very religious mom, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say this is yeah. going down, yeah, I'd say this is absolutely yeah. just, yeah. yeah, she um told me that you know she's happy for me and whatever I want to do, and um, just make sure you have a relationship with Jesus, pretty much, is what she told me. Yeah, not so bad. I, I, that's a fairly um, fairly diplomatic way of saying it. And yeah, how does Jesus feel then about it? Well, you know, I don't really know because I don't talk to him very often. <laughs> not really big on talking to him myself, but either way, I'm yeah, sure yeah. Um, I'm sure he'd be very understanding at some stage, yeah. especially being a demigod. Um, yeah, I'm sure he would be understanding. So you got engaged to Samantha, which I thought was lovely when I was chatting to Samantha afterwards after the podcast. So um, a little bit of me hopes, a little bit of me was part of that. (laughs) (laughs) They're going, oh, Uh yeah. (laughs) That's just wishful thinking. So you're you're engaged to be married. Yep. Isn't that lovely? Like, in fairness, you know. Uh, Is there any any date set or anything like that? Uh, For next year closest day to halloween okay so you uh, is that because of halloween do you like halloween yeah we both do we um definitely like you know the creepy dark sort mm. of um fun stuff that comes with halloween and yeah um we want our ceremony to be um really dramatic dress up i i told her yesterday i was like i want a shoulder cape okay <laughs> as yeah. part of my suit yeah. so just put on something fun. That's it. That's it. And so back to transgender. Uh, <laughs> like I was listening to a book there today on the brain, nothing got to do with transgenderism, but it was listening to it on the brain. And it was great because it actually brought up something profound mm-hmm. in that men take a lot more risks when they're around a female because of the testosterone. Yeah. Which really is makes sense as to why the Muslim community want their women fully covered. Yeah. Because the bit of science behind it is, is when a man sees a woman that's very attractive, his testosterone levels ramp up naturally. Mm-hmm. And when they ramp up naturally, men that have a lot of testosterone are more prone to take risks and become dangerous. And that's what I was thinking as well with some transgender people is that would their trans, would their, would their testosterone levels, if say transgender, trans male, would their testosterone levels naturally rise as well? You see, 
Um, if there's hormone replacement therapy, yes. Right. So, like your your you you would be getting a lot more testosterone. So, have you noticed then that when you're around, we'll say females or you you know especially mm-hmm. especially for males, males are very visual in the sense of when we see something. It rises like men look and they see, and then that's what activates their testosterone because it's the visual, which makes yeah. us, which is why in, in the wild, which is why when, when we go raid and, and stuff like this is that we become more aggressive because mm-hmm. we literally will want to show the female that we're going to actually kill this other male to show that we're the strongest male so we can mate. That's just nature. Yeah. So I'm just wondering then with your, with uh, testosterone, uh, therapy you're getting have you noticed a difference in your levels of uh, excitement to one for a better word um not no not excitement or anything like that and that was one of samantha's fears in the beginning that i was going to leave her and go be with all these women and no it never happened <laughs> so i never had eyes for anybody else um yeah my sex drive did go up and that's um one of the things that does happen um when i first got like my first two shots of testosterone i was incredibly hungry all the time and i just wanted to eat everything (laughs) which is why which is why i i always argue the case the lines share i've never said it on but in our house the lines share i I completely work off my amygdala, which means I completely work off my animal brain, which means I think like an animal. Um, And I'm a firm believer in the lion's share because it's just nature. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely nature at play and then also nurture too. Yeah. And so we'll say when you you were more, um, when when you were female... What's the biggest difference you're noticing now? Um, definitely happiness and like wholeness in how I feel with myself in the world. Yeah. Um, once you, so um, I know you talked to somebody who was um, gender fluid. Yeah. Non-binary. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gender fluid. Um, did they talk a lot about the binary and how it's like a spectrum? They were just saying, yeah, that they, they didn't identify so that they can basically go from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a sliding scale kind of yeah. like, um, you know, maybe like two thirds masculine one day, one third feminine. And it's just um, when people are cisgender identify with, um, what they were assigned at birth Hmm. um you get put into boxes so males um it's you know normally you don't wear dresses you don't wear high heels and with um um females you know you don't wear like suits all the time or something like that um but once you step outside that binary you realize that you know what you can wear and do whatever you want Mm. And it's kind of cool that way. Like if I wanted to paint my nails just because I think my hand looks great with painted nails, then I can. And if anyone asks, well, I just like it. Yeah. So, so yeah, like it is all belief. When yeah. you 
when you, you know, I've narrowed all of this down to belief. And I can be argued against, I don't mind, but I've, I've narrowed down to, it's a belief. You yeah. know, it's completely a belief. And our minds are that, our, our minds are basically believing systems like our prefrontal cortex which humans have and nobody else does, nobody, no other animal really, is belief. It is a belief. We can literally create beliefs. Um, again, with the lycan, lycanthropy. I hate that word now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it. Um, and it's belief. But at the same token, it's a belief that if it's grounded it within you, as you, as I just said to you, how do you feel now comparing when you were female to being a trans male? First thing you said was happy. And, and like, I was delighted to hear that because that wasn't what I meant. I was trying to say to you, how did you feel as a female? How do you feel as a male? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And I'm going to go back to that. But that same token, you literally went happy. And I was delighted to hear that because... To be able to, that's your first word to come out of your mouth. When I say, what was it like to be female and then over to trans male? You said happy. That says it all to me that like you've basically found your, your water level, you know, mm -hmm. say in Ireland, water, water rises to its own level. So like that in its own way is fundamental in a sense of how good it is that you've actually found yourself. Yeah, you know, and that can't you mm -hmm. can't. <clears throat> There's people out there that are that are unhappy all of their lives. Yeah, and again, I and I, you know, for people that didn't listen to the Samantha podcast, CJ and Samantha are living in a twelve by eight shed, isn't it? Twelve yeah. by eight, twelve by eight shed for the last ten years. You should listen to the podcast anyway. It's the longest, but it's the funniest. It's literally the funniest podcast I've ever did about one of the most serious topics. <laughs> I still yeah. laugh. My sister, my sister rang me and she told me she was cleaning a house. And she bursted out laughing, you know, listening to that podcast. It was just one of them type of podcasts. It was a, it was a really good podcast, but yeah, the message was got across as well. But um, yeah. And and um, Samantha was saying you, you you enjoyed it as well, so that's good. So, do you think will you ever go to get the surgery? Will you not get the surgery? Are you happy as you are, or what is the future with you then? So I am talking to a doctor right now about some sort of top surgery. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do the full masculinization because there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Mm. And the, the recovery time is six months plus. Okay. And, um, you know, you're not supposed to lift up your arms very high. And right now with Samantha being sick, I do a lot of caretaking for her and I don't want to be put out for that long. Yeah. So instead there is um, basically like a breast reduction surgery mm. that I can do where I'll just tell the doctor, go as small as you can and just let me know what's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also the chance of um, since when you get the full masculinization surgery, they do 
cut the nipples completely off first, and then there's no guarantee that you will get the nerve feeling back. Okay. Yeah. So in a sexual sense, I don't want to not have feeling. So yeah. that's also one of the reasons that I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. 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 There is a bit to it, isn't there? In fairness, there's a lot to it. And as you say, it might not always go to plan. Yeah. No. Just as well, you don't really want to end up with a Mickey because <laughs> we say Mickey. <laughs> you don't uh-huh. want to go with a penis for the rest of the world. In Ireland, we say Mickey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really end up with it because then officially she will be non lesbian anymore and you'll have taken that from her too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just so much that can go wrong with a full bottom surgery. Um, I don't know how much you've looked into it, but they actually have to take tissue from either your arm or your leg to build mm. it for you. Yeah, and and um, is this the smaller, the better? What I researched, in other words, the smaller the length of the penis, the better it works out. The longer the length of the penis, not so good. Um, so the, the smaller that they can make the penis, the more feeling you will have. And the longer the penis, that's that's what I researched, is uh, the longer they make the penis, the less successful it is. So a lot of people go for the more natural, smaller penis because it actually gives them the most amount of stimulation. Yeah, because basically they um, build it on top of the clitoris for you. So you would get some feeling out of it, but you're not going to have feeling in the actual penis. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's what that, that's what the most have meant by that. So yeah, that the smaller it is, the better, because you'll have still um, some amount of stimulation compared to a longer a longer yeah. lad, as we'd say in Ireland, a longer lad. Um, yeah, and it just depends on the, the trans guy and the surgery. If you're going for what you want to see, then of mm-hmm. course, if you're going for what you want to feel more, there's always, you know, decisions you have to make on everything. Yeah, true, yeah. Actually, just thinking of Mickey there, um, in Canada, seemingly, I don't know about America, seemingly, you know, like a nagging of vodka. Uh-huh. Seemingly, they call a nagging a Mickey. Uh huh. Which is a major problem when we have the long, one of the longest running, running talk shows on the planet. It's kind of semi religious. Uh huh. We had a woman from Canada going, There's nothing I love more camping than having a Mickey in my mouth. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, on an Irish program, that, um, and we only know Mickey as one thing. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> funny. The, the audience didn't know what to do with themselves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> language is great. <laughs> language is great. You need to know how to speak it when you're in a different country. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That was my, uh, with Mickey. Um, either way. Either way. So, look, you're... Um, you're a bus driver, aren't you? You're a school bus driver. Yep, that's right. How did you, uh, how did your work colleagues, how did your work, how did they take it when you transitioned? Were you, were you a bus driver pre-transition? Um, no. No. So I've only been driving bus for about two years, three years. 
And um, I was already um, for trans men, like full transition where you get most of your body changes happens within the first two years. Okay. So you're not going to have much body changes after that, but you do need to keep up on hormones for the rest of your life. Um, But yeah, I've had everything changed before then. So the kids don't really know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when you say hormones for the rest of your life, does that cost you or is it free? It's free right now through my insurance. Um, I know that it didn't used to be for older trans people. Um, But right now, yes, I get it um, for free. And it's an injection that I do once a week. And I do it um, subcutaneously. So I just give myself a shot in the stomach, kind of like how diabetics um, do insulin. Yeah. So that's that's for life. If you ever stop, you'll you'll revert back into uh, you'll start producing a lot more estrogen, I'm assuming. Is that right? Yeah. And um, the body changes are permanent. So that's something. So when, um, like, for example, if I stop taking testosterone for the rest of my life, this point on, I will always be growing facial hair. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, testosterone actually, um, made my chin more square, like my jaw more square. I used to have a more rounded face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my voice got a lot deeper. Um, and those things are permanent. So, so then what's the point in taking the testosterone? Yeah. No. Um, for it's basically just to keep up, like when you have hormone levels that go up and down and up and down, um, you're more likely to get like fatigue, irritability, stuff like that. Like, um, people, with, like people with BPD, that type of thing. Um, kind of, it's more like, um, for me, yeah, (laughs) for me, it's more like going through menopause. So I get hot flashes and irritability. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it is with trans women with estrogen. Um, but I know that when you have testosterone, all the fat in your body goes to your stomach. (laughs) and then uh with estrogen all the fat gets dispersed to like the breasts the hips the thighs everywhere Mm. else so yeah Yeah. well that would make sense i mean you need you know know, women need to store fat around their hips and stuff like that whereas men our bellies are the most vulnerable part of us so i mean the more insulated it would be with fat the better in in case of getting kicked by a horse or something else you know, yeah. it's just nature doing what it does. Um, women, yeah. women can store a lot of fat to get them through the winter um, mm-hmm. because they don't hunt. And during times of toughness, you can be guaranteed the man is going to keep that food for himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so women yeah. have to store a lot of fat to make sure when they weren't going to be fed by the man, that they survived basically. And then they had to make sure that they were able to feed their offspring too. Yep. It's a man's world. <laughs> As it said. definitely is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you know, with the hot flashes again, I'm all saying about a diet. I keep all saying it. 
get the diet right, the body will do its own thing. I, and I've no idea what it's like for trans people, but it has to be somewhat similar. My sister, I gave this diet to my sister a couple of years ago, and she, I won't say sailed through the menopause, but she didn't have any hassle. None, you know? So, yeah. you know, and it's a, it's a fairly cheap diet, like, you know? Yeah. Just whole foods. Yeah, there are some um, traces of hormones in our food that when you go through menopause, you need a little bit more estrogen to get you through, like, the really bad symptoms. Mm. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you have hormones, don't you, in your food in America? You have actual hormones, like in the... You the get, bad kind, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We don't, like, we're not allowed here in Ireland. It's just yeah. grass-fed, you know what I mean? So that's the way it is here. Yeah, um, that would be nice. Oh, yeah. This TV... Oh, there we go. My TV was going to shut off, so no, I got to, I have the remote this time. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So you've younger, you've a younger brother. How does he find it? Um, he's okay with it. I mean, um, he and I look very much alike now. <laughs> so, so yeah. I, I, like, I'm assuming is your hair somewhat red? Your no, actually, I can't see. You. Uh, one of the side effects of testosterone is male pattern baldness because my dad went bald fairly early so yeah. i actually am losing a lot of my hair oh yeah 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 so testosterone yeah a lot of testosterone the more testosterone a male has the more he loses hair yeah yeah a lot of the body changes um for anyone you have to look at your family so there's some people that, um, you know, their dad or grandpa had full heads of hair. Mm. When you transition, you won't lose your hair, but not for me. <laughs> you you got the full package. If you see, I see yeah. your, your father was bald, you're going bald too. But that's a great way too in its own way. Like even when you took off the hat, you really do look like a male. Yeah. You are a male. But you really like, you know signs are on it as they say because even that you'll never see uh well rare you'll see a female being bald it's just not really um something you see too much but they're sick so i mean you really are transitioning you know as it is into into male which i suppose is great in its own way because as you said earlier you found your true self yeah so i suppose then the next question then would be, well, you're female, female. Kids? Have you ever planned for kids? Uh, Sam and I talk about it a lot. And uh, obviously, you know, we don't have uh, the income to take care of another person. Mm. But um, I do still have the ability to have my own children and be pregnant. Yeah, um, yeah. It would be, um, I've been told before, it's a little more dangerous for the baby. Yeah. But um, it can be done. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. The future, yeah, you don't, you just don't know. You haven't a clue. Um, yeah. 
So I have no other questions then, because I, I was like, realistically, you're happy out. Your mother wants you to uh, just be okay with Jesus. Your brother is fairly good with you. I didn't realize it was you coming on. Um, when, uh, <laughs> what did you think of the last podcast yourself? What did you actually think of? Uh, of the one with Samantha? Yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, she is definitely a BPD rage type. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever there's something that she feels like she's getting called out on, which is, you know, basically describing exactly what she does or feels, she'll be like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so um, she's I, super I, funny. <laughs> but um, go ahead. I'm the type, I just call it. Yeah. It's been that way. It's not like I'm like that with Samantha. I'm like that with my sisters, my brothers, my, I'm just like that. It's not like, it's not like I, it's just the way I am. I literally see something. I call it. Mm -hmm. I'm like that with my boss. I'm like that with everybody. It's not like we say with one person or with it. I'm like that across the board mm -hmm. from my mother, all the way to my boss, to my wife, to my children, to my in-laws. If I see it, I call it. Yeah. I, it's up to the person how they feel about that. You know that type of way. And I'm the same. If someone says to me, you're this, you're that, you're the other, I'll, I'll look at it. And mm -hmm. I'll, take it, I'll take it as truth until, mm -hmm. un, unless I can see it in a different way, you know? Yeah. I think that's important. I think you have to look at yourself in life. The more than... You looked at yourself and you said, I'm not happy. Yeah. And then at one stage you looked at yourself and went, I, you know, I would be happier this way. And as it turns out, you are. Yeah. That's facing your truth. I think the most fundamental thing on the planet is that we look at ourselves, that we actually look at ourselves as human beings and go, this is who I am. Someone is saying this about me or, or I feel this way. <coughs> Excuse me. I need to look at that. You know what I mean? It's like, and again, it's down to belief. It's down to the way we look at ourselves. You know, I was looking at Ben Shapiro quite a lot um, when I was looking up the transgender community, and he keeps hammering it in that, um, you know, XY chromosome, y, is it YY for female? It's uh, XX for female and XY for male. Yeah, XX, sorry. Well, he keeps hammering it in that you're either fem like you're female or you're male. When it's nothing got to do with that. It's absolutely no. nothing got to do with the like. And I'm looking at him. I'm looking. I'm not going to pretend I'm more. He's a very intelligent human being. But I believe his argument is incorrect. That he keeps using mm -hmm. the argument. I think he's argument. Yeah. He's using the wrong argument for this topic because he's using science, which I love. But the mm -hmm. argument he's using is science. Yeah. When he's a man of belief himself. He's a man. He's, he's from the Jewish faith. So he's a man of belief. He's from one of the oldest faiths on the planet. 
But at the same token, he's from a faith that they believe in God, to mm-hmm. which nobody can prove. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying God doesn't exist. I'm atheist. Uh, I think people that believe have a right to believe. Yeah. And I completely respect that right to believe. I, but I also then have to respect a person's right to believe that they are a different gender. Yeah. If I'm going to respect a person's belief that they think that um, God exists, you have to then also... What's the difference in Ben Shapiro believing that an entity exists, that he created the earth in six, seven days at all? I'm not going to you know, go into it and people understand what God is. What is the difference in, in, in that and a person believing that they're of different gender? Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. like you can't have an argument with one and, and not like not the other. I mean, he's using science. <coughs> Excuse me, that's where I believe his argument is incorrect in a sense. He's using science. Yes, scientifically you're XX. But that's not what the point is, the belief. You believe you're a man, you, f- you sit more firmly with being a man than you ever did with being a woman. He sits more firmly with the fact that God exists than not. Mm-hmm. He can't prove his belief. He can't prove like that God exists. Nobody can. That's just a fact. But he's using that argument a lot in his in his case where, well, you're 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 a female. But you believe you're a male. So he's saying, well, if you believe you're a male, we can't just we can't just go around saying that just because you believed it. Yeah. But yet you can go around saying that God exists. And that's where I can't get my head around his argument in that you can't have one belief with one thing and then not believe someone else's belief with another thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <clears throat> it is a belief. If you can tell me it's something different, from what I've researched, it's down to belief. The person believes that they're a different gender. Their mind will not allow them move. It won't allow them go, no, no, no. It could be hormonal. I didn't mm-hmm. think it could be. I mean, there's a strong possibility in, from what I'm looking into. <coughs> Excuse me. The co- I'm calling it the Coffin Podcast from now on. <laughs> there could be a strong possibility that uh, it's hormonal. Either way, if it's hormonal, the person still believes it. Yeah. That's the end of it. What a person believes about themselves. I'm Irish because I was born in Ireland, but there's nothing about me that's Irish, but I believe I'm Irish. Yeah. I can't tell you how much of a man I am because I can't tell you what I do that's manly me being a man. You know, when you, as you said, when you when you break apart the spectrums of man and woman, and I've tried to, you, you can't really identify one way or the other because, as I said in the last podcast, the seahorse has babies, so that totally wiped that one out. You yeah. know, there's not a lot you can identify men, females in, females can grow beards. Yeah. There's not a lot. There's not a lot that says, well, a man does this. A woman, I mean, you were on about, you know, wearing heels earlier on. And the first thing that came into my head was 
actually males were the first people on the planet to wear high heels. That's a fact. Like that's a fact. Yeah. Males were the first people on the planet to wear high heels, not women. Mm-hmm. So that was a. Uh, do you remember the heels they had in the 1600s? You know, and they had the little yeah, kind of yeah. wear buckle at the front. They were high heel. They were you know two three two two inches whatever they were. Um, so males were the first ones to wear high heels, and now males don't wear high heels. It's all just kind of what we are living in in the moment. And I did yeah. know, um, from listening to that book, like you had transgender people in the Bible. So mm-hmm. in the, and this now is not my wisdom. This is from the book I listened to. So it's not like I had this divine wisdom. But in the Bible, they were basically saying to stop cross-dressing. So mm-hmm. obviously it was a big enough thing to make it into law two and a half thousand years ago. So it just shows that people were cross-dressing two and a half thousand years ago. In the book I listened to as well, in, I think it was 1083 in London, there was a man brought to court for cross-dressing um, as a female. Uh-huh. So it's not like it's, do you know the way people think it's a brand new fad? It's been going on for a minimum of, well, 1083. That's a fact that was recorded in the London uh, records of the Mel- Metropolitan Police and all that sort of stuff. They're records. So, I mean, that's a that's over a thousand years ago, roughly. That yeah. Men were cross-dressing, into, you know, so it's nothing new. Yeah. I think it's just people are more accepting and the more we accept it, you know, it's like everything. I remember in Ireland in the 1970s, it was illegal to be gay. And now our leader, well, the last leader we have is gay, runs the country. I think it changed pretty quick. Pretty quick. We mm-hmm. were one of the first countries on the planet to allow gay marriage. Mm-hmm. So from it being illegal in the 70s to one of the first countries to allow gay marriage. We only like we only had abortion, I think, last two years ago or something like that. You know, um, I think we had gay marriage before we had abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I, I, that's the thing. I that's the thing. I don't think people understand is that if we become more accepting of mental health, I have to throw that one in there because it's a mental health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> after if we become more accepting that people are mentally ill and more accepting that people um, when I say mentally ill I mean acceptance of them mentally ill I'm not on, on about people that do wrong yeah you know that's not acceptable regardless I'm not into that I'm on about people just being me- I'm mentally ill people are more accepted I'm mentally ill they don't treat me yeah. any differently they would treat me differently if I was acting differently being yeah. ill does not give anyone a right to act differently. It just means I'm mentally ill. Yeah. Around with a flame torch and everyone going, ah, but don't worry about it. He's mentally ill. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's the same with the trans community. If people were more accepting of the trans community, I don't think that, what would happen? Like, what exactly would happen to the planet? You know, what exactly? I don't think much would happen in a sense of, 
people thought when if you were more accepting of people being gay years ago, a lot more people are being would be gay. It just doesn't work that way. No. <coughs> you were born a lesbian. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like you were born not attracted to a different sex. So all, you know what I mean? It was I'm not saying it was always in you, but at the same token, being lesbian would have been always in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing like, um, you know, there's certain people have different tastes in music, right? Some people like rock and roll. Some people like rap. It's the same with being, you know, straight or gay or lesbian. It's like, I don't really like that, but I really like this over here. Yeah. And if people thought of it, more simpler like that because it's you know preference then we'd probably be sitting in a better place (laughs) yeah i think so because at the end of the day i've rattled my head about it i mean morally in a sense of i looked up like you know the i looked up the statistics in um so i looked up britain and one of the newspapers said a couple of years ago 60% of sexual predators in in prison are trans women. Right? 60%. Uh Yeah. So then I went, I wonder how many trans, I wonder how many sexual predators are in prison in Britain. Right? 13,000 roughly. Uh 12,000 something. Right? I mean, geez, that's a lot. 60%, right? So then I said, wait now, wait now. It didn't say all are transgender. Yeah. So then I went, I looked up how many trans women are in prison in Britain. Nine. Yeah. Nine, right? But the newspaper said 60% of all trans women are sexual predators and they were correct there's five there's five trans women in britain in prison for being sexual predators five yeah out of thirteen thousand which means twelve thousand nine hundred and ninety five are in my gang normal every people yeah Which, trans community are looked at like oh you'd want to watch your kids around them <laughs> and really it's you want to watch your kids around people like us yeah yeah so you know you're talking five people like when i looked up that and it's the way it's worded 60 percent yeah that took me back. I went, geez, that's a lot. <clears throat> Until I kept looking and looking and looking and looking. And then I got the numbers. Freedom of, yeah. freedom of information, if anyone wants to look it up. It's all there. Um, turns out five. Five people out of 13,000. Like, that's, that's, you know, it's the wording. It's how it's worded. And of course, that's going to scare people. So what you have then is quite a lot of tra- like. And oh, sorry, I forgot to mention. So, in Britain, you have five between three and five hundred thousand trans people. 
So out of a community of, say, let's just go for the 500,000, out of a community of 500,000 transgender people in Britain, five of them are locked up for being sexual predators. Yeah. So that's a very small percentage who are predators. Yeah. Um, you have 12,000 12, that are locked up. You know, I was 60 million. I didn't do up the maths, but either way, you know, tiny amount of people, tiny amount of people that are actual sexual yeah. Tiny, but that seems to be the main focus. That's the focus. <coughs> it's minute. And it, yeah. it's an awful cast and shadow on the rest of you. Yeah. We're just trying to live a normal everyday life. Yeah. Because you're labeled, automatically labeled. That's what I notice is you're just automatically labeled. Yeah. No. And I think that a big part of it stems from, um, like how you said, um, you know, people cross-dressing a long time ago were being prosecuted. Mm. And I think it stems from the cisgender male fearing the fact that if he starts flirting with a trans woman and then reveals this person has a penis, oh, I got tricked and now I'm gay and now I'm angry. That's where a lot of it stems from is the fear of being tricked or ridiculed for, you know, in the eyes of the more naive, uh, a man. And I think that a lot of people just throw that fear out there because they just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that, yeah, it would be, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed. All right. As being a lad, if you were dropping the hand there and you seen another lad, um, you would be a bit hard pressed. <laughs> when you're expected something different it would yeah. it'd be nice for a bit of disclosure i'll be honest from a, from a male's perspective um we have a tendency to like i'm not going to go too deep because at some stage my own kids would be listening to this but we would <laughs> from, from my perspective we have a tendency to like what we expect is what i'd yeah. say Yes. And yeah, if you were if you were dropping the hand and you and you and you felt something different, um, you, you'd like to be you you would like to you'd like to know a little bit about that. Yeah, you would. Um, you'd like to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why in the trans community, you know, a lot of people might think different, but coming out to someone you're dating early on. Mm. Um, is important because you don't ever want to be in that position where, you know, you're afraid to tell them because you think this person is going to reject you. Well, then if you're together and things get hot and heavy in the bedroom, that person's more likely to, you know, rage and, yeah. you know, kill you. And that's how a lot of trans people are killed is in that moment of realization that, you know, this is not the person that I thought I was going to be with. And now, you know, I'm going to be ridiculed and I'm embarrassed and how dare you. And it's just not a good situation. It's like a child going into a sweet shop and not in it, but broccoli. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, cause from a male's perspective, and again, yeah, that's a good way. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> well, that's how I would look at it. It's it's I mean, from a male's perspective, the testosterone is up. As I said mm -hmm. earlier on, when our testosterone is up, we 
testosterone is a natural aggression hormone. So it's yeah. not like, it's not like testosterone equals aggression. That's exactly what test testosterone equals aggression, which is what all males have because we're going to kill in the wild. Mm. We yeah. may be able to talk on a podcast, but we follow the biological suit of all of nature as well. I mean, our testosterone is up. Testosterone equals anger. Yeah. The closest emotion testosterone comes to excitement and anger. All your everything flares up. You get naturally more redder. That's the way it is. Um, again, in a heightened state of testosterone, when you think you're going to be getting the female genitalia and you end up with the male genitalia, that is the sweet shop full of broccoli. You know yeah. what I mean? That is a, yeah. that, you want to see that child when it goes in there and it's geared for sweets and next thing, getting broccoli... How could yeah. be a happy child? Yeah. It's just you want to be letting that child know beforehand. <coughs> um, and I'm not condoning it. Yeah, I can see exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not condoning it. I could see exactly when you're full of testosterone. And next thing, yeah, I again, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying you know it's right because I do. I I listen to. Quite a lot of people do get killed. Um, yeah. You'd want to be disclosing that well before you get to the bedroom because it's not the fact of... It's the, <laughs> I'm speaking from a male's perspective. It's the fact that you think you're going to be lucky and there's yeah. nothing worse than when you're ready to go. By Jesus, that's taken away from you. <laughs> there's nothing worse. Yeah, there's yeah. not from a male's perspective. There's nothing worse than when you're absolutely you're going. This is going to be great. Yeah, and you're firing. Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm glad that people are being more accepting that way. Trans people that do want to date can put that on a profile or something. That way, you don't have to deal with you know. Um, getting to know somebody, oh, this person's cool. Hey, I'm trans. And then they just completely um, lose it. You know, yeah, they just yeah, lose it. A, a man, a man that's a man that's on the promise. Then that promise is taken away from them. <laughs> They're not happy books. They're not happy. They're just yeah. not happy. Um <laughs> I can empathize. I don't agree with it, obviously, but I can empathize. Um, you get a book that's ready to go. That's taken away from them. Yeah. It's either going to be on the sexual nature or on the violent nature because the testosterone is there. Yeah. It's ready. Testosterone is exactly that. It's ready to go. Um, so if it's not on a sexual nature, it will automatically revert to its other true nature, which is anger. And that's yeah. where violence and heavy violence will come in. I can completely understand that. I don't condone yeah. it. I, I don't condone it. I can completely understand from a male's perspective if he's ready to go. And next thing, it's it's a massive... So because at the end of the day, if a male is ready to have sex and he's ready to perform it, um, the only other way would be 
in a Lee, um, uh-huh. which he mightn't be over the moon about. Yeah. You know what I mean? He might not be over the moon with that. He'd be like, oh, that just totally brings me into being gay, which might be a huge problem for him. And he was yeah. there, well, I'm ready to go. But the only the only way I can do this is if I go in, Lee, which means then I'm classified as gay. I'm not fucking gay. Yeah. So you can see how then it it it, it goes into a huge amount of violence. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. I can see it. I can I can break that down and go, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ready, you know, you're ready to go. The only way you can go now is up the back passage. We're not doing that. Then you're gay. I'm going to kill someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, can, I can completely see. I, I, I don't want bit. There's not an inch of me goes, yeah, I agree with it. Yeah. I can just see it from a male's perspective going, yeah, there'd be an awful lot of anger there now. And a lot of anger there. You want to be buying the way. You'd want to be throwing a lot of by the ways before you get near by the way. Just, you know, just letting you know. Yeah. <clears throat> you nearly want to go in the door. Open up the letterbox from the inside just so you're safe. <laughs> just let them yeah. know. Then, <laughs> you can let them know through the letterbox going, by the way, you know, um, yeah. this is the situation. Because at least then there's a door between you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be over the moon. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be over the moon now. Just men wouldn't be. They just wouldn't be over the moon because we're on the promise. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal when you're after working hard all night. Yeah. There. You're in there. You're probably after spending a few pounds on the few drinks. Mm-hmm. You know, men, men in their own way only give away their money or their resource. You see, in the wild, males give away their resources. Yeah. They'll give their resources away to a promising female. Yeah. It's just nature. In human society, men will buy you a few drinks. That's giving away their resources. Mm-hmm. But they've given away their resources, maybe. So they've given them away on the promise of getting something. That's the yeah. way nature works. <laughs> and yeah. they're not getting to something, you know. Yeah. I want, I want me. I want my money back. <laughs> Yeah, like that is just nature. I might be joking, but that I'll give you an example. This is a scientific fact, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm going to tell you next. It's a scientific. It's been proven. In strip clubs, right? Women who are what's it called when you're when you're having your period when you're having when you're having your period? Yeah. It's, when you're having your period, right? So here's a fact. When a woman is ready to have a baby, right? When they're fertile, mm-hmm. they get an average of about $300 a night. Mm-hmm. Men can pick up when a woman is fertile. Yeah. When she's actually on her period. They get average out at about 150 when she's on the pill, they average out at about 200. Mm-hmm. They've scientifically done this. 
to see is there any way beyond just our normal everyday senses are human beings like in the wild can we pick up like the animals do and sense when a woman is in their most fertile state because yeah. in the wild the males will give away their resources mm-hmm. and they actually did they went into a strip club in america they told the strippers what they were doing they asked them to you know partake in this scientific experiment they just had to the only thing the strippers had to do was ask the only thing they had to do was uh, monitor their cycles yeah right they, that's all they had to do monitor their own uh, monthly cycles and just come back with how much money they made every night mm-hmm. and when they were fertile they made the most amount of money every time the men mm-hmm. wouldn't have known this they didn't tell them then and when the women were on the pill, they made the medium amount of money. And when they were on, when they were on their period, they made the least amount of money. The same women, yeah. you know, except for the ones on the pill. So it just goes to show there's a lot more at play than meets the eye. If males, yeah. can, males, males can pick up on that. Now, that's my point where you're going to get the massive amount of aggression. Yeah. If he thinks he's going to sow the seed, plant the seed, he's after giving away all of his resources like males do in the wild, and then there's no return. Yeah. That's where he becomes a fucking lunatic. I'm after cursing. I swear I'm not cursing now because my child asked me not to curse. That's one curse. <laughs> um, it's getting down. It's what probably one curse a podcast, which is fun- amazing for me. Amazing. Amazing <laughs> grace is in my head now. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know what I've just said to you? That is scientific. Yeah. There's a lot more at play than just, um, you know, trans, trans women being beat to death. That is unnaturally terrible. Yeah. I'm giving you the science behind it to go, you'd want to be letting a man know before he's giving away his resources, before he's committing to it. Because there's a massive yeah. amount to build up. Massive yeah. build up. You know. Yeah, and um, it might not be such a popular opinion in the trans community, but I would definitely, you know, be upfront about it. You know, there are some trans people that transition completely and they try to disappear. And I think that that's so sad. You know, uh, being trans is something to be proud of, you know, because it's a story that you write. You have every ability to write each chapter as you go and stop your transition if you want or do something or not do something and to just go through it and then act like you're cisgender is so sad. You know, don't forget where you came from. I mean, I... I'm a man now came from female and there's certain things that, you know, I'll always take with me. I'll keep it in the past, but I'll never forget or try to make it seem like I was born male because that's not who I am. I went on this journey and it was a hard journey and I want people to know. (laughs) And I think, yeah, I think every trans person or gender fluid person should, you know, be proud of it because there's not a lot of people out there that 
have your similar story and i think everyone should hear it absolutely i think you know we only get a short time on earth we should just like if we just get over ourselves in our own little ways i don't mean get over ourselves that we all should love each other that's just not nature but at the same token if we just kind of live and let live Mm -hmm. live and let live just you know what about it i mean as you said you have your story what a fascinating and I, and like your story with Samantha went from fascinating to really really fascinating. I mean, I don't know how you don't have a book. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You have such a unique story, the two of you. Yeah, we do. In a shed for ten years mm-hmm. is unbelievable. You know that's an yeah. unbelievable story. Like, even how do you find living in a shed for ten years? Uh, terrible. Uh, but i do have some good news okay we uh recently got approved for an apartment brilliant that's yeah yeah it's just a matter of yeah it's just a matter of waiting for an apartment to come up now but um there's an end in sight and uh we're just sitting talking about things that we're able to do that we're not able to do here. Like we have a lot of stuff in a storage unit that we'll be able to display. And uh, we don't have a lot of furniture. We have one chair and I'm like, we're going to have to take turns in the chair. (laughs) Someone's got to sit on the floor. You just won't know yourselves when you're, when you're living in your apartment, like in fairness, you know what I mean? Because yeah, the appreciation as well that she will have of life. Yeah. It's only, you know, the people that are not grateful have too much. Yeah. Because it's only when you have nothing that you're grateful. I see, yeah. I see, you know, people say practice gratitude, practice minimization. Yeah. Then you'll realize what gratitude is because when you have the minimum amount, I'm not going to pretend I have the minimum amount. I have quite a good life, you know. I came from nothing and I worked and I built up everything I have. Um, yeah. And yeah, fair enough. But I understand and I appreciate the gratitude of minimizing things because you cannot appreciate stuff. Even when you have an apartment, it'll be like the white house. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It'll be like, you'll appreciate Mm -hmm. it so much because you've literally endured 10 years. And I mean, it must be a nightmare for you. And I mean this genuinely because it's like, it's like anything. You're literally, your home is there. Mm-hmm. Not like Samantha's. So you're literally looking at, that's my home. Yeah. You know that type of, so it's more of a pull on you than it would be on Samantha. You know? Yeah. So hopefully I, 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 uh, I don't believe in God, but I do even wishing i do i'll wish i hope i hope you get it sooner rather than later me too you know (laughs) yeah excuse me so new apartment that'll be brilliant yeah that really will be good now and really that's isn't that like that's great news from from proposing the last time and now you're going to be the the things are starting to look up you do know that's from coming on the podcast don't you yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's the look of the the Irish. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely need a lot of that. I'm going to claim it anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I'm going to go back to food. Do you know what my new uh-huh. mission? My new mission is this. I'm on a mission to eat as cheaply as I possibly can eat mm-hmm. and still maintain. I've lost 35 pounds. Literally. Wow. 30, yeah. 35 pounds I've lost. Um, and I'm eating nothing but fat mm-hmm. and protein. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm still losing a little bit of weight here and there. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show that when you don't eat anything, I'm eating nothing processed, nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. And I'm eating the cheapest of meat you can buy. I don't know. Do you do percentages of meat or do you do like full fat, medium fat? How do you do your fats and meat? Uh, like here in America? Hmm. Um, you can buy different percentages of like hamburger and stuff, but that's pretty much it that has percentages on it. And what about like mints? Um, what's ground? You call it ground beef. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I'm buying the fattest you can buy. Okay. Yeah. I'm only buying the fattest you can buy and I'm losing weight because my theory on food for me, is correct. Mm-hmm. You can eat. Do you know what my theory on food is this? Do you know the way of all your lean meats and all that nowadays? Yeah. There was no such thing as that 80, 80 years ago. Yeah. There was no lean meat. There was no 5%, 10%, 15, 18, 20. There was none of that 80 years ago. Yeah. So I'm eating like they did 80 years ago. I'm eating full fat ground beef. And I'm still losing weight because I'm not eating anything else with it. I'm not eating any. I'm sorry. I am eating like other foods, but I'm not eating any processed foods. It's the yeah. processed foods. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, what has that got to do with a transgender podcast? <laughs> I'm just no, that's one of the things that, uh, Samantha and I are looking forward to is having a kitchen and being able to, you know, cook yeah, yeah, yeah. good food in. How do you cook? Um, we have a toaster and a microwave in here. And that's it. Wow. Okay, yeah. so you don't even have like a camping stove, do you? I have like a, an electric skillet that I plug in outside. But that's pretty much it. Or barbecue. I have a barbecue. Yeah, because you could like, you could work off. Because again, like the food I eat is extremely cheap, cheerful and extremely cheap. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking there like uh, just a, what, a skillet, a skillet. Is that just like you can put a pan on it? Uh, like it's a pan and then you plug it in, it gets hot. Okay. And then you just wash the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could cook pretty much all your ground beef and stuff on that. Um, yeah. Onions, peppers, mushrooms, all that sort of stuff. Have you a fridge? I have a small fridge. Small fridge. Yeah. That is that is just really the extremes of living, isn't it? Like, it's just... Extreme. It is. Yeah. It? It's like... It's just one step above camping. 
isn't yeah. it? It's, it's just camping. It's just one step above it. Yep. Did you get Did you get the COVID? I did, yeah. Samantha didn't. No, thank goodness she didn't. How was it? Did you enjoy it? No, not at all. Did you? <laughs> no. Uh, since I work for the school, hmm. when I um, I got the vaccine when it was first um, uh, when I was first able to get it, so it was back in January, and then I got COVID the first of September. And so they're talking about immunity kind of falling off each month and eight, eight months is kind of the, the mark of that. Well, that's nine months. So when I got COVID, I got um, really bad fever for like the first three days. And um, all I did was sleep. Mm. But the fatigue that you get is just intense. Like I had you know, a bad fever and a headache. And I was like, I should take some ibuprofen. And it was literally in reaching distance and water to take it with. And I couldn't, I couldn't reach it. Yeah. Yeah. You're doobie, you do be ghost, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you do. It, it, it is. I, I'm nearly sure I had it in January, 2020. Oh yeah. Before it was um, officially but it was in Ireland since October 19th. So it was, it was, there was no way did you not. It was circulating. But it was some dose now. I, the dose I got, it was like getting a really, do you remember as a child you get a hug from an adult, but you couldn't breathe because they were hugging you? Yeah. They'd wrap their arms around you. And you were like that. That's what it was yeah. like. <clears throat> and I was, yeah, you're buckled in the bed, all right, aren't you? You're yeah. buckled. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I haven't. I was sick there last week, and there's a bit of a flu. There's a bit of a flu going around the house at the moment. Um, but I was sick. Of, I was sick a few weeks ago, and my wife said, "You gave this to me. I love the way blame always comes back to me, as if somehow I was sitting in a gym, going or sitting outside, going." Hello, come on, come in to me, come in. You know, as in, as if like, why do people blame people? That's yeah. the worst, you know, it's the worst thing. Of course, I gave it. Oh, you gave it to me. And I said, but sure, who gave it to me? Yeah. And who gave it to them? You know, if you get sick, you get sick. That's just nature. Yeah. People automatically, well, you gave it to me. But sure, who gave it to me? And who gave it to them? It's like someone said to me earlier on when like I I don't mind talking about the COVID now because as far as I'm concerned, it's finished. Hopefully. No, it's the COVID is going to be here forever. Yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's finished in a sense of it's just we have to get used to it. Yes. To live with yeah. it. Yeah. You know, someone said to me, Oh, you could kill someone. Sure, I've already killed someone with the flu. And so have you. Yeah. Everybody has killed somebody with the flu. You got the flu at some stage. You gave it to someone else. They gave it to someone else. And that went on to some elderly person. And that elderly person died. That yeah. is 100%. Yeah. Nobody ever thought about that before. Yet everybody has got the flu. Everybody's given it to someone. And somewhere along that line, 
someone has died. Yeah. Now we're a little bit more conscious of it going, you're going to kill me if you give me this. It's nature doing what nature does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely the pandemic has opened people's eyes to a lot of things, whether they're problems or good things or whatever. I have to be honest. I, I, I wasn't affected by the pandemic. One bit. In a sense of we were locked down. I stayed at home minding the kids. Um, grand. I could only tell you this with the children. They played for five minutes, fought for five minutes, didn't talk to each other for five minutes, played for five minutes, fought for five minutes, didn't talk to each other for five minutes. <laughs> That's just the sequence I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was it. It was just like, just as it. And then I learned how to shut off. Yeah. I learned how to shut off from the kids in a sense of, no, that's not real. That's not a real row. That's not, you know, I learned yeah, how, yeah. that's one thing I learned. Yeah. You know, again, you have to, you, you know, <clears throat> you have to adapt. I have a big spot in my nose. Because <laughs> of the masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Small price to pay, I suppose. But either way, <clears throat> I think, like, that's it. The cough is still there. That's, that's. Yeah. Whatever, that's whatever the sickness is, you know. I'm not dying, don't worry about it. <laughs> I think you're tougher than that. <laughs> I hope so. After all this non-processed food, that's that's one of my, another one of my reasons for, I'm not jibber-jabbered like, I have no vaccine. Um, so that's one of my reasons of not eating processed food. I kind of have to try and get through the winter doing the best I can, being as responsible as I can, and I know the minute I haven't even eaten like fast food or anything like this. I know the minute I have an old dirty pizza in my mouth, the COVID will be like, <laughs> got you. <laughs> uh, I knew you'd fucking fall. Uh, Here I come, you know, and it'll get me. I'd be lying in the bed. I'd be lying in the bed in a heap watching Netflix. Yeah. That's what you do when you get the COVID. You watch Netflix. Yeah. You know, what else can you do? Yeah. Take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I played video games pretty much through my my quarantine. Oh, did you? Yeah. What what um I was listening to a book there today about um uh addictions. Uh-huh. And uh World of Warcraft, is that right? Yeah. Okay. I don't play it. Like uh, this here, to my right, mm-hmm. is an arcade game. <laughs> that's awesome. What I what I grew up with. That's what I grew up with. Um, it was an Xbox. This was the games room before it became the podcast room. And there's <laughs> Xbox One here. Uh-huh. I've never played. Reason being is, don't cut your hand off if you want to play modern games consoles. Oh, yeah. I've no dexterity in my left hand. Oh, Didn't realize yeah. that. Um, 
cannot play because my thumb is has no power in it. The muscle is completely gone from my thumb. So yeah. no muscle at all. So I've literally no dexterity in in my hand. My thumb gets tired after like it's tired now after just doing a couple of move of movements over and back. Yeah. So I literally can't play any of them Xbox Ones or Playstations. I can yeah. play the arcade game. Um, there you go. <laughs> see, old is best. Even if you've yeah. half, if you even if you've half a hand, you can always play an arcade game. There you go. <laughs> ones. No. Uh, yeah, War of Warcraft. Seemingly a nightmare of a game if you are addicted to stuff because yeah, you'll just lose touch with reality according to the book I was listening to. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. I've never played World of Warcraft, but um, I know that some games you can really get immersed in and if you have you know, no willpower to be like, this is a nice place to be done, then you could go for hours. Yeah, yeah, seemingly. Like, people lost scholarships, jobs, where they're in this imaginary world with people all around the world, and they're going on missions, and they don't want to miss out because your man is living in Tokyo in a different time zone, so he's getting up to play with him, and he's just completely missing out college and... Yeah, like, it's it's a mental, isn't it? The amount of addiction that's out there in the sense of what we can get addicted to. I'm trying yeah. to reduce all of my addict. I don't have addictions, but I like my new mission. I have a couple of missions is eat really cheap. And then I'm going to get my bloods done from eating nothing but fat meat. Pure fat, the fatter. My wife the other day, I looked at the dinner that I cooked. And because I cooked two dinners, one for the next day, the fat was on the plate where it solidified Uh, the fridge, right? And she goes, oh my God, that's disgusting. It's just just fuel. It's just fat. Uh, Yeah. It's just fuel. It's just going to fuel. But like, I'm not putting up the weight. Yeah. And you want to see the size of these dinners. As you said earlier on, taking testosterone, the dinner is you literally can't put any more food on it that size. Where it's, like a whole plate. You know, like if you move your fork wrong, it's going to fall off the plate that size. <laughs> of the right? Wow. Because I like to binge eat and I yeah. still like to binge eat. I believe men and women and all, we, when we were eating in caves, we binged. We binged. Yeah. We didn't go, no, I'm okay. Yeah, until you were full because you never knew when you were going to be fed again. Yeah. And so I'm following the whole, I'm not going to say caveman because this isn't a diet. I eat really a lot of food. Yeah. But I figured out if you just eat food, just food, your body will go to its natural size. Yeah. As I'm eating, are gorgeous because you're getting all the fat which humans love and you're getting all the protein which fills us up and then I'm getting <laughs> like you know quinoa quinoa is lovely really light mm-hmm. and you can do it in the microwave so I'm not trying to tease you here going you can have quinoa <laughs> you're there going are you for real I can't eat any you can 
You, yeah. can, you can put quinoa in the microwave. You can do whatever I'm saying with what you have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm eating really, really well, and I'm really satisfied. It's like, a, do you know what? For the first time in my life, I'm extremely satisfied. Extremely satisfied. Because I'm eating huge amounts of meat. Mm-hmm. 400 grams of meat in a dinner. Do you do grams? Pound? You do pounds. Yeah. You're talking a pound of meat in a dinner. Wow, that is a lot. No, that's what you call lovely. <laughs> or listen, listen. Do you know what that is between me and you? That's a man, that's a man's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can say to Samantha, see that? That's a man's dinner. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's 474 grams in a pound. 454, mm-hmm. four, 454. Mm-hmm. I'm eating 400. You, you're, you, let's call it a pound. You're not shy of a pound. Um, yeah. So I'm eating roughly a pound of meat with 150 grams, a third of a pound of quinoa. Uh, mushrooms, onions, peppers, garlic, mustard sauce. Lovely. I'm not, I'm not adding any of these sauces, but I'm adding mushrooms and peppers and lots of flavors. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm eating it away because it's full of fat. It's satisfying me. I figured it out. It's the fat and the yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really satisfied with it, and I'm looking forward to getting tested in a couple of months, uh, just to see where my bloods are at. Because I have a funny, sneaky suspicion my bloods are going to be perfect. Yeah, probably. Eating nothing but fat and protein and real food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait because I, I'm 99% sure it's going to be, but the bloods will be like at least. Yeah. Um, trailing off again. Is that, that's the dog, is it? Oh, yeah. 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 You didn't get the dove since. No, you didn't get for anyone listening. <laughs> no, we didn't. That's the. <laughs> That's the bit where my sister was laughing when she goes, ah, that's not a dog, is it? Because <laughs> there was a cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're still here. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you anything you now you want to chat about? Have you anything that we didn't cover or anything like that? Um, I'm sure there was. <laughs> Um, we're finished. Um, well, since Samantha was in the other podcast, and this is uh, mainly a BPD podcast, I was going to um, talk about what I always tell her in our relationship. Hmm. Because, you know, when the, the BPD um, self-loathing talk comes into play, you know, and the, I'm not good enough. Why are you with me? all that. And, um, I have one thing that I always tell her. Yeah. And that is that every rose has its thorns Mm. and that I'm lucky enough that I get close enough to the rose to see how beautiful it is 
And even though I get pricked a little bit, it's still worth being able to have that rose with me all the time. Well, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, she's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she won't let in because she could be hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I'll only let it in in a bit because I can be. That's the worst thing about us is, is it's the hurt. It's like, uh, instead of just going, you're going to be hurt. That's life. Yeah. To live is to be hurt. Yeah. I, get hurt I get hurt minimum three times a week. Minimum. Yeah. Somebody hurts my feelings minimum three times. Somebody. I don't know who. It's not obviously random strangers, you know, but there's people I know that are hurting me. That's life. That's life. As you get older, you go, do you know something? Isn't it great? Isn't it great that I'm feeling hurt? Yeah. I'd hate to feel apathy. I'd hate to feel nothing. I would hate to just feel not like I didn't care or any. I'd hate to feel like that. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to be hurt. You know, and it's great. I, you don't have you a mental illness? Um, yeah, I have some things that I struggle with. Everyone does. And, yeah, I have um, a lot of dissociation. And uh, funny enough, I have issues with even knowing how I feel about certain things, which I joke with Samantha that she's got mm -hmm. enough emotion for the both of us in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> joke. So, yeah. Disassociation, yeah, that's a, in my experience, it's just when you, you can't handle something, it's like, no, I'm going, bye-bye. Yeah. I, I, I can't deal with this. Yeah. You know. But yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to end the podcast then, because it's nearly 10 o'clock, and it's near my, <laughs> near my yeah. bed. Um, and I'm going to stay true to form. And go to bed on time. Do you know what I'm after getting? What? I didn't get them yet. They're on the way. Because I'm really determined to get my whole body right for the whole winter. Uh, the food is perfect. Um, even though it's cheap food, it's perfect food. Um, yeah. I'm after getting these amber uh, glasses. Uh -huh. because, so that it, it cuts out the blue light in the evening time. So when I'm looking at a screen, it's just going to cut out the blue light because the blue light stops your melatonin from processing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to go around like Bono. <laughs> uh, looking all cool before bed. <laughs> quite, a, quite, a good, quite a good bit taller than him. Yeah. Still don't have his money, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I know too well my wife is going to completely laugh at me. Yeah. As she should. Mm -hmm. As she should. That's what good partners do. <laughs> you have to laugh at yourself. You've learned yeah. that over 10 years. If you can't have a laugh, you definitely would have had to have a laugh in 10 years mm -hmm. living 12 by 8 foot shed. Yeah. Do me a favor, will you? When okay. you get your apartment... Send me a picture of that, because that's something I'd love to see. I'd love to just see you in your home. You know what yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be just mm -hmm. like a dream come true, to be honest with you. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. 
And CJ, listen, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm delighted it was you because then you <laughs> I had no idea how to take not to take the podcast because I did research and I wasn't going to ask silly, stupid questions. Um fascinating in a sense of transgenderism, in a sense, such a horrific world. Because yeah. you you are born with the wrong body in yeah. your belief, and that's just a but again, it's not that in your belief. What you believe is what you believe. Yeah. And we should respect people's beliefs. Yeah. If you're harming nobody in the world, if you're harming nobody, what harm? What harm? That's yeah. my attitude. If, if, if people are harming nobody, well, then what harm? Yeah. You know? And if we're all more open and honest and just more accepting, and again, people more accepting of mentally ill people. People are more accepting of transgender people. Wouldn't we live in a very good place? Again, I'm not saying people... There's a difference in people that are doing harm to others. That's a moral issue. Yeah. This is not a moral issue. It's a belief in yourself that you believe you're a certain way. You're harming nobody. What's the harm? Yeah. You know? There's no more percentage of people being born gay that people are more accepting of them. It's just not the way it is. Yeah. And as I said, it's, people have been transgender going back thousands of years. So it's not like it's brand new or it's a new fad. I do think it's going to be like, do you ever see the science fiction films where you can quite see, you can quite see in the 80s science fiction where you can see the non-binary in it? Yeah. You can in science fiction. I don't know if you've noticed that, but you, I would have noticed the non-binary in the in the eighties, and we're heading towards that. You know, yeah. we're heading towards that type of society where it will be more included. I hope we never head towards a society where we stop talking, or where yeah. headsets become the new reality. I hope we never. I hope this is a this is a thing I love about the podcast is um because we're talking. Yeah, you know, I know. Um, up to you if you want this on YouTube or not. But we can see each other. Yeah, that's real life. I know we're thousands of miles away. <laughs> I'd laugh if you knocked on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> it's something else, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But um, but this is real life. This is what real life is about. People talking. I'm a firm believer in that. And I think yeah. we should never lose that because I'm chatting to a person who's transgender. You're chatting to a mad person. I'm not allowed curse. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Um, I was going to give a good curse there, but I've reached my quota. Yeah. It kills me. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> it kills me. It kills me. <laughs> it kills me. It goes against every cardinal rule I have in my body. It flows from my tongue to curse. It flows. But he's my son, so I have to honor his wishes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Listen, CJ, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Okay. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye.